Hello and welcome to Bible Believing Bible Studies. My name is Brother Robert Rounds. I'm from KJB Right Division Radio in Lipa City, Batangas, Philippines. All right. Uh, so what I am going to do uh, this morning is I'm going to teach a little bit on Second Thessalonians chapter one, verses seven to nine. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verses seven. To nine, so please go with me there. Second Thessalonians chapter one, verses seven to nine, and so in verse seven, the King James Bible says this: "And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven, with his mighty angels." In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then verse 9, Who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. So, who are the troubled Look at verse 7. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. So this very well could be misinterpreted as the, the Thessalonians resting during the tribulation period until the second advent but what this verse is saying is that the Thessalonians their rest will come when the Lord is revealed at the second advent so notice in verse 10 when he comes to be glorified in his saints in that day. Verse 10 says, When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So, you know, many of us will be troubled by others whether they're saved or unsaved they will attack us and try to make us look bad you know us Christians especially if we stand on the truth and they do not So now, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them. What does vengeance mean? When it comes to Bible study, uh, there is something that is called the law of first mention. And 
What that means is you take a word in the Bible, such as vengeance, and you look to see the first time that that word is used in the Bible. And then you get a definition from that. And usually, that will set the tone for what the word means throughout the whole Bible. But usually. But we need to remember that context, context, context is the most important. Okay, so vengeance. Vengeance is found 49, uh, 45 times in 39 verses. The first time that it is used is Genesis 4, verse 15, and the last is Jude, verse 7. So let's go to Genesis 4, 15. Genesis 4, 15. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. So what vengeance means is the affliction of pain on another in return for an injury or offense. So you ask, who are they that the Lord is going to take vengeance on? Number one, them that know not God. Those who are agnostic or ignorant. You know, Maybe there's a God. Could be. I don't know. You know, atheists, atheists say that there is no God. But if we go over to Romans 1, we will see that really and truly, there is no such thing as an atheist. Right? Romans chapter 1. And let's start in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. It's made known. Manifest means made known. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So you see that there. There's no such thing as an atheist. Everybody knows that God exists. Everybody knows that God is real. God has shown himself to them. 
You know, when I worked an armed security guard job, um, most of my time there, most of the two years that I was there, uh, I worked a graveyard shift. And um, it was a whole lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed it. And uh, part of our job uh, was traveling around uh, to uh, to these outlying airfields of the base, you know, and uh, and making sure, you know, that uh, the doors of the buildings and stuff were locked, everything was secure and whatnot, right? And and so because it they were outlying airfields, you know, it was they were in big big open spaces, right? And we could go there at night, you know, and you know, I just look up, and every everything would be so clear. You know, you could see uh, the stars, the moon, all of that. You know, and just think to yourself. You know, God created all of this. Like verse 27, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they were without excuse. So, so now, let's continue on in verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man, to birds and the four-footed beasts and creeping things. Let's continue on. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts. Now, let me let me stop right there. All right. So, so first of all, first of all, what you have here is that they know God, they glorify Him not as God. They're not thankful to God. They became fools, changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You know, sun worship, uh, cows being sacred, you know, things like that. All right, and so you know the next step after that? The next step after that is homosexuality. Okay, so let's continue on in verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman 
burn in their lusts one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. In verse 28, And even as they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And then you continue on, uh, 29 to 32, you'll see uh, all these, uh, all these uh, sins that uh, people commit. In, and uh, in verse 32, let's read that. Verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. They do these things and they have pleasure in those that do them as well. Now, they change the truth of God into a lie. So what is truth? Truth is absolute. It is not relative. Truth is not what you make it. To be. There is only one truth. Truth is truth. Jesus Christ is truth. John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. God's word is truth. John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen? So now, Psalms 33, 14. Or, excuse me, Psalms 33, verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. You see that? For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Now, Psalms 12, verses 6 and 7. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So the words of the Lord are pure and they're preserved. But yet 
Many reject the Lord and His Word. So much so that they try to make a Bible believer look like a fool. Telling them that they are idiots. And this is really what the Bible says. But that makes them the fool. You know, um, a few years ago, some guy sent me a, a PM on Facebook Messenger. And the only thing that he said was, You're an idiot. But, you know, I'm going to stick to my guns, you know, and I believe the King James Bible from cover to cover. And Dr. Ruckman said um, that he believed the Bible from cover to cover, including the covers. Amen. But now look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. You see that word inspiration in verse 16? A lot think that that word means God breathed. But it is a little bit more than that. It's not only about God breathing, but it's about what He breathed. Okay, so let's break down that word, inspiration. All right, so first of all, you have in, I-N. So God breathed in. And then you have S-P-I-R, spirit. Spirit. So God breathed His spirit in. Then you have A-T-I-O-N, Asian. That shows the action of breathing. So, God breathed His Spirit into the King James Bible. This King James Bible is alive. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. 
So God breathed His Spirit into the King James Bible just as He breathed the breath of life into Adam and he become a living soul. Amen. Now, also notice in verse 17, the word throughly. A lot of the perversions change that word to thoroughly. But once you change it to thoroughly, then it takes the emphasis off of God's word and puts it on the man of God. But it's the scripture that throughly furnishes the man of God unto all good works. So the King James Bible has it right. Amen. And then those that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They will have vengeance on them. Look at Romans 10, verse 16. And let's, um, let's start in verse 13, and we'll go to 16 so that you see the context. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Verse 16. Well, let's go to 17 also, but verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? And verse 17, so then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word obey, what that means is to believe and take heed. To obey is to believe. Look at 1 Peter 4.17. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? Now in the Bible, there is more 
than one gospel. Right? You you have the gospel of the kingdom preached by Jesus and the twelve. And you'll see that in Matthew 4.17. And you have the gospel of the grace of God. Dealing with the Apostle Paul. You see that Acts 20, verse 24, and 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 4. Okay? And then you have the glorious gospel. All right? Dealing with the Apostle Paul again. And that's found in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. 1 Timothy 1, verse 11. And then you have the everlasting gospel preached by an angel in Revelation 14 verses 6 to 7 and then you have another gospel dealing with unlearned and deceived preachers in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 4 and Galatians 1 verses 5 to 9 so what gospel is it in this church age that we must obey and believe? It's the gospel of the grace of God. Look at 1 Corinthians 15. We'll read that. 1 Corinthians 15. Verses 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, but which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins. Past, present, future sins. Amen? Now, is that according to me? Is that according to you? Is that according to any preacher? Is that according to anybody? No. It's according to the scriptures. And then verse 4. And they was buried and they rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So there you have the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. That's God's word. God cannot and will not ever lie. So let me ask you a very, very personal question. Do you believe the scriptures? I do. And so, if you 
are listening to this Bible study and you are not saved I want you to know that one day without Christ if you die without Christ you will wake up in hell with no opportunity ever again to change your mind about Christ see he he died a cruel horrible death on that cross he was buried and he rose again the third day for you for me and for the whole world now let me show you the transaction for salvation look at Ephesians chapter 1 Ephesians chapter 1 verses 12 and 13 this is the transaction for salvation that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation and whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise alright so you hear the word of truth the gospel of your salvation you believe it you trust it and then you're sealed into the day of redemption now go to uh, Acts 16 and we'll start in verse 29 and this is dealing with uh, Paul and Silas in, uh, in prison and uh, at midnight they're singing praises unto the Lord and they're praying and there's an earthquake and the prison doors were open uh, they could have gone but they didn't go anywhere Right. And um, starting in verse 29. Then he called for a light, meaning the Philippian jailer, and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? In verse 31. And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. And thy house. But now you say, well, it's not enough. It's not enough to believe the gospel to be saved. You know, just look at James 2 19. 
But devils believe and tremble. But that verse there has nothing to do with salvation. They believe that there is one God. Believing one God will not save you. Believing the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and trusting it saves. Amen? So now, again, without Christ, there will be everlasting destruction. Everlasting, everlasting fire. And then you'll face the great white throne judgment and then be thrown into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. So what's it going to be, lost sinner friend? Heaven or hell? The choice is yours. So choose wisely. Amen. Alright. I'll go ahead and uh, and I will stop right there. Uh, thank you so very much for uh, being with me today. Uh, thank you for your prayers for, for us, our families, our ministries. Um, Please pray for uh, these Bible studies uh, that, uh, that we do uh, every uh, Sunday morning, Philippines time, uh, on, on Discord, and that, uh, that the Lord will uh, continue to use them mightily for His glory. Amen? Alright, thank you so very much. Until next time, God bless you. Mm-hmm.